Okay. So um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and today is Friday, November 2nd, 2018, and tonight we're discussing uh, Fatima Farheen Mirza's uh, debut novel called A Place for Us, and I'll just give you just a, a, a tiny little bit of information about her. Um, she is she's very young. She was born in 1991 which mm. makes her 27 years old. Mm. And she was born in the San Francisco area. And she was educated at the University of California in Riverside. And then she got her master's in fine arts at the Iowa's Writers' Workshop. And this was actually her first novel. And um, I, I heard some interviews with her. And amazingly, she started this novel, I believe, when she was in high school, Mm-hmm. And she finished it when she was about 26 years old. So she worked on it for about eight years. But I, I'm, I was pretty impressed with this. I thought it was really, really mature, especially considering her age. Um, and I'm just going to go through a couple of names just to um, refresh everybody's recollection. So the father is Rafiq, and the mother is Layla. And then the oldest daughter was Hadia. And the middle daughter, middle child, second daughter is Huda. And the son was Amir. And then the girl that he liked was, I believe, Amira. And her brother was Abbas. And then their mother was Sima. And then, um, and then the, the only character whose name I'm forgetting is Hadia's husband's name and then her children. So um, I think what we'll do, if it's okay, is what we did last time. And I'll just give everybody a chance to speak individually for a minute or two. You know, just say some of their thoughts about the book. Um, so let's see. Um, why don't we start with you, Shell? Why don't you tell us what you thought of the story? Well, I enjoyed it very much. I, I did find it a bit hard to get into at the beginning um, when we were at the wedding because there was quite a few characters in it and um you know i was struggling especially with the two girls names being quite similar um but once we got past that stage and we started getting into the family and knowing who was who um i did quite i did quite like it it was a little bit it was a little bit slower than books i normally read um i, I normally like things with a bit more action in but um i think it really came together for me when we get when we got onto the uh, father Rafiq's story when we changed to him I don't know if he had the same book as me but in my version we went over to a, a male narrator then which I thought worked really well and um, I, th- I found that part so sad um, you know the regrets he had at the things that he'd done and I found it very interesting things then from his point of view rather than um, from Amir's and I really thought it was so sad and um, because, you know, everybody's got regrets in life, but the things that he'd done, you know, were so, they had such, um, you know, big effects on the whole family. And I did think it was very, very interesting, um, you know, and, and the, the effect as well that the religion had on the family, um, you know, it was, it was, it was quite destructive in, in a lot of parts, but then they did, um, you know, they did, they did call on it to get through a lot of things as well, but... Um, it was very, you know, I did, I did find it quite, 
quite hard to read um, the way a lot of the you know religious aspects had ruined had ruined their lives and it was it was quite sad um, particularly I, you know I felt the, the need for the father to pick up the son he said when he was born and he hadn't been able to um, you know introduce him to his God and that seemed to you know have such an effect on the way he felt about him I thought it was quite sad, so I was, you know, I was glad I read it in the end. But there were some parts where I found it a little bit slow going, but on the whole, I enjoyed it. Yes, I, I think you probably listened to the same version that we did, which I, I believe was the audible version, and the narrator did switch actually when it went to the the father's story. Um, okay, Carla, I know you haven't finished it, but t- why don't you tell us what you thought about think about it so far? Well, I've got to admit, this has been a hard book for me to get into. I don't know. I was just having a hard time warming up to the people and the characters and getting motivated. And, um, you know, I found my mind wandering sometimes. And I'd have to, one reason I'm probably not finished is because I had to go back a couple of times because my mind had wandered and I had um, forgotten, you know, hadn't read a part really closely. And I thought, oh, that's important. I could understand that. So I've had to go back. That and the fact that it's just a busy time of year. I go to conferences and I read when I exercise, and I've been exercising a lot. But you know, I've had to miss some because of these conferences. But that said, I'm I'm really getting into it. I think I have about eight hours to go, so I guess I'm roughly halfway through the book. And you know, I'm getting to the part where you know the sun is. Um, leaving and you know saying goodbye to Hadia and it's just really heart wrenching and, and sad you know the way that he's you know he, he leaves and everything but um, I don't know this this book I was having a hard time too following you know because there was a lot of jumping back and forth and the wedding and and then going back and you know I think there was a couple other back uh, flashbacks that I was. I couldn't figure out were they really flashbacks and just getting used to it in a previous room and what was happening and dynamics. But I'll finish the book. But that's all I've got to say at this point. Okay. Um, what about you, Don? I think you said that you just finished it today. So it should be pretty fresh in your mind. What did you think? Well, there was a lot of flashbacks. The names made it very hard. I'm sorry I didn't get the Audible version, because, uh, though this was a commercial one I had that was just, I believe, the one reader, and uh, the names were a little confusing at times, uh, uh, although I did catch on. Uh, wasn't a boss was the, uh, that was the one that got, brother that got killed. Right. But, but there was a liar, there was another one uh, later on, that's what was bothering me, but um, I, uh, I, for a family which I don't usually like too much, it was it was very engrossing. It was just a lot of it. I guess the sixteen hours in two days was a little much. <laughs> okay, um, what about you, Alan? Did you what did you think of the book? Well, I I, I gave this a shot, folks. Uh, I, I got like seven hours and change into it, and I just said. I, and I've had enough. I mean, it, it, there just wasn't. I mean, I normally like character studies, but the character studies I like have to be going somewhere. And I never really felt like this book was going anywhere. I mean, it was it was a little little vignettes and stuff about different family members and stuff, kind of like what you get when people do status updates on Facebook and stuff. It just it just didn't seem like to have a plot to it. And I just, uh, I, I you know, 
I learned all the characters. I wrote them all down, and et cetera, et cetera. But I thought, man, I, I just got other things to do. I, I, I just I couldn't stick with it. I couldn't go any further. And uh, uh, I talked a little bit about Sherry, who, who read it. And, and I'm glad I stopped because it, it doesn't really sound like it got any better. I think where, what was happening when I stopped, uh, I think he had just uh, uh, Amir, Amar, whatever his name was, had just met with Amira. And she was saying that her her mother had come to her about, uh, you know, had, had learned that, that they were see, kind of seeing each other to the extent that they really saw each other, but uh, uh, that she was going to have to end the relationship. And, uh, and you know, I, you know I, I read a few more minutes after that, and I thought, eh, uh, it, 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 it's, there's no plot to it. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Uh, so uh, I bailed. So okay. that's. That that that's that's my comment. So thanks. Sure. And what about you, David? I you, I think you said that you're still reading the book. What is what uh, do you think? I'm trying to, but I'm agreeing more with Alan and Carla than I find myself. I agree more with them than than with Shell. I found the book interesting. I found the names confusing. They're very similar names, and I also found that the narrative style was confusing. I don't know. It was the narrative. <laughs> confused me. I'm not sure why. Maybe some of it seemed almost like it was in present tense, and that drives me nuts as a narrative style. I also found um, I wanted, well, I wanted to ask the group, one, what surgery did the father have? I was jumping around. I couldn't decide if he had had brain surgery or heart surgery. And two, did they ever give a state? Where did these people live? I just found this book sort of... They lived in in California. Okay. And Near, near Menlo Park, because they, they, they move near there, yeah. What is Menlo Park? Is that near It's, it's just near Palo Alto, the Stanford. Oh, oh, okay. Near the Silicon Valley, yeah. Did they say what the father did and what kind of surgery did he have, brain? He, he had a brain surgery, oh. and he didn't um, – he came out of that okay, I think. There were, that was um, as far as I could tell. I, I kind of – by the way, I kind of thought the son uh, was going to – after the, after the wedding, he was going to commit suicide later on, but that didn't happen, I guess. So that, that was kind of the story. Nothing, nothing really happened. <laughs> uh, are yeah, you, do so, you have so, anything so, else? Or I'm sorry, are no, you finished, no, David? I'm finished. Or? I'm finished. Okay. I mean, did they ever say why the did they ever say why the son was estranged from the family, or was it just his yeah, own personal? Yeah, we're, we're gonna. I'm gonna just say what I thought, and then we'll we'll get into okay. all the right. things. Um, so I I have to say I was enormously impressed with this book. Um, I couldn't believe how young she was, and I thought for someone who was that age, I thought she was could really inhabit characters that were, you know, far more older than her. Um, I thought the the best part of the book was the last section, which basically switched from the the rest of the family to Rafiq's perspective. And you, you uh-huh. kind of saw, you saw Rafiq as, as a person because the way that he was portrayed in the book, especially from his son, he sounded really horrible. But then you, you saw, you know, he really loved his son. He really wanted to help his son, but he had been so hampered by his own upbringing 
that he had a hard time connecting with with his son. But you you really did see the see the love, and you also saw the closeness between him and his oldest daughter Hadia. And um, interestingly, some of it I thought was a little autobiographical because um, the author she had made a deal with her own father that she was allowed to leave home and go away to school if she would study medicine. And she was so unhappy studying medicine, she really wanted to be a writer. So you could see, like, maybe that she sort of, you know, saw herself maybe almost like a little bit like like Hadia. But I, um, I, I loved, I, I just thought the characters, and I can understand that maybe people would get frustrated with this story. It was, it was a long story, but they seem like such a real family to me. And I liked, and I also liked some of the customs they talked about, such as before he would travel on it on a journey, he would walk underneath the Quran back and forth. You know, these were things that I wasn't familiar with the types of food that they ate and things like that. Um, I, I, I found a lot of the relationships really interesting. I, I want, I actually wrote to Liz and I'm so sorry that she's not here because I was curious about the relationship between Amar and Amira, which was a secret relationship. I wanted to know, was this kind of thing common in the Muslim community where there's a lot of sort of arranged marriages and things like that? You know, was it common that there would be a lot of secret romances like they had and i'm sorry that she's not here because i think she would have given us you know that 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 perspective um but i mean i i liked i liked layla i liked the father i liked amir i liked hadia huda we didn't really know as as much i liked seeing how they developed um and amir you know he was he, he turned to drugs and i you know, that was, to me, that was just the, the most saddest part of the story that nobody really could help him. And, you know, he would, he disappeared from the family and he only came back because of the wedding and then he disappeared again. And, you know, but it, it did seem like, it seemed like a real kind of a, a family to me. And I think it was interesting to me that they were, they were Muslim. And I don't think that we often get to get that that perspective in in here. Um, I didn't mention that her parents actually. Her mother is um, British Indian, and her father actually was from India. But she did grow up in California, so she's American. Um, and and you know we definitely got that that perspective. So um, why don't we start and talking about? Um, I, I think you were asking David about Amar, the son. Why don't we talk a little bit about him and how you you all saw him as as a character? Well, I felt quite sorry for him, really, because you know he was obviously um, you know not what his dad wanted him to be, and um, I think he was under an awful lot of pressure from everybody. He had a um, birth defect too. I mean, was, he, they had a bad birth thing at birth, and then his, some of his behavior was wasn't autistic. But you know, I was don't know if the author was trying to build that as kind of a case or not. But uh, there was that thing where the you know the baby was blue, wasn't breathing at first, and when when uh, Amir was born, that's right. He had to go in the uh, incubator and, and things. But yeah. I did. I did feel sorry for him. I felt he was under a tremendous amount of pressure, 
And um, you know, he did want he did want his dad to love him, and his dad could never show him that he did. You know, which was really sad. Did you did you all think that he had a particularly good relationship with Hadia, his sister? Oh yeah, yeah. I think he did, um, but. I think that um, his character was very complex. I felt sorry for him because, you know, he he, he wasn't as uh, academically as um, skilled as Hadia at first. And, um, you know, I just felt like, um, you know, Hadia was, um, but on the other hand, um, Hadia was bringing home the good grades and doing the good things and also going unnoticed. But I just think I just felt really sorry for him, and then for him to turn to drugs and everything, and to more or less um, distance himself from the family. Um, you know, it just it just made me feel very badly for him. I think they were right in breaking off the relationship with him and his the other lady. Amira. It would have been, been a disaster. Well, I think he felt inferior, like he did, he wasn't worthy of Amira. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's a hard thing to be in a relationship with somebody where you feel like you're, you shouldn't be with this person, that the family is objecting to it. And she was in a hard situation because she didn't want to displease her parents. Um, but she really, she lo- you know, she really cared about him. Oh, yeah. But uh, later on, she would have gone ahead academically then from him. And that might have worked out. But he was... If he just had was drinking some, maybe it was that, but he, he was getting into drugs, and, and I mean he was injecting and the needle and all that. I, I it wouldn't have worked too very well. No. Did you? What for those of you who finished the book? Did your feelings about Rafiq did it change at the end of the story? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt I did feel sorry for him at the end of the book. You know, it was a. He had he had big regrets, but you know when he was uh, when he was unwell, he had you know it's a shame to see somebody get to the end of the life and most of it be regrets. Well, I, I, I've got a, I guess a different perspective. I mean, Rafik seemed to be like a strict parent, I guess, but I don't really see that that the rest of the family had had all that much to. To complain about, I mean, and I don't know. I I must be. I'm probably a a cast of one here, but I mean, I mean, he obviously loved his son. I mean, you know, the little bits that they they told you. uh, I mean, you know, the mother and the dad had a special feeling for their son because he was the only boy, and he was last. And you know, the mother was always giving him all kind of attention. I know. uh, I guess there was the issue with the dad, but. I mean, he didn't just seem like he was cracking the whip just all the time to me. I, I don't know. Of course, I, you know, I stopped about halfway into it, and uh, but uh, I, I think uh, Amar or Amir, whatever his name is, just I mean, he had some shortcomings, and I I, I don't like to be one of those people that say, well, yeah, his shortcomings were his parents' fault. I mean, everybody's responsible for their own actions and stuff, and he just didn't try. I mean. And he did poor in school because he didn't try. I mean, he didn't want to put forth the effort. It didn't seem like to me. But mm-hmm. hey, that's uh, that's my take. So anyway. Well, I think at the end of the book, one of the interesting things about Rafiq was he suddenly realized 
that he didn't have to have been so hard on his son. Like he was talking about something about the, the essence of, of God's love is, is mercy. And he had never really seen his, his life that way. He, you know, he saw him that he had to follow certain rules and have, you know, a very strict discipline and, and things like that. And he suddenly had this realization way too late that he could have really been, you know, more, more loving and more caring and more understanding. And I don't know if that would have changed Amar. And I don't know if the reason why Amar turned to drugs was his father, but I, I certainly didn't think that it made anything, you know, better. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think there, I think the father was really at the worst he did was when after the beating, you know, he, he, he didn't, uh, so you know, they, 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 he was cornered and beaten up by four, three people. He he had every reason <laughs> to complain. <laughs> this time, he should have gotten a little more sympathy. And the father didn't go find out what happened. I guess that's what I might say. Was that the thing that happened after nine eleven? Is yeah, is, right is, after. Uh, uh, okay. okay, all right. Yeah, I read that part. Okay. okay. Well, one one of the things that really stood out for me in the book, and this is a problem that I personally have often with um, certain aspects of religion. Um, I'm I'm Jewish, and if you go into Orthodox Judaism, this is this is exactly how it is that men and women have very defined roles. And throughout the book, they kept talking about how, you know, the women's roles are to be in the home and that a woman really doesn't belong to her parents' family. She belongs to her husband's family and only the son is going to take care of the parents and, and stuff like that. So I, this, is, this is the aspect that I sometimes have problems with conservative religions. I remember when I was about 11 or 12, I went with my parents and my brother to um, – to Brooklyn to go to a wedding and it was in an Orthodox Jewish synagogue and I had never been to an Orthodox synagogue and we walked in and my father and my brother started heading downstairs to sit and I start following them because I don't know any better and my mother says oh no we go upstairs in the balcony and I didn't know what she was talking about and you know the men and the women sit separately and um, it's just you know it's and, and throughout this book that was the thing that that troubled me the most about it was they kept saying in different places that women have certain roles and men have certain roles. But then the family came to the United States and obviously, especially with Hadia, she really took on a very, a different role, you know, a really a, not as traditional a role. So did you, did you all notice that in the story? Did that, did you have well, any thoughts about this it? Was the, this is the part of the book that troubled me the most as well, because I mean, I don't have a religion. Um, and reading about these people, I mean, whether it's a Muslim religion or Christian religion or whatever, but to me, this family, the religion had so interfered in all their lives, all the decisions that they made and the expectations and the rules about what people could and couldn't do, couldn't say, couldn't feel. You know, it seemed to interfere right from, as he said, when he picked up the baby, right from day one to me. Uh, to me, the religion seemed to have destroyed everything. And I, I kept thinking to myself, how much better off would these people be if they just didn't have any of this stuff going on? You know, it wrecked everything for them. I, I thought it was just terrible. I thought it was so sad. Yeah. 
Uh, Michelle, you, you saw that Liz came in, didn't you? Oh, I'm delighted, Liz, that you're here. I, I did not see that. Um, Liz, why don't you tell us what you thought about the book? <laughs> okay. Um, can you hear me okay? Sure. Okay. I'm sorry I was late. I couldn't find the link. I thought it was in my history, but it wasn't there. So I had to go through my emails for the link. Um, okay, this is a little sticky because I am Muslim. And I agree with what you're saying is that this is this is a family who... It's, it's a tricky thing um, because... Religion should inform our decisions, not necessarily dictate them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that this family, I don't, I didn't get any evidence or any, uh, I I think sometimes culture and religion gets all mixed up together. And if you grow up with a certain culture and you don't really study what your actual religion says, a lot of the cultural interference gets kind of folded into what you believe is your actual religion. And I, I got the sense that that's what was going on with this family. Um, because certainly not all Muslim families operate the way they did. Um, the father was probably trying to do the best he could, but he was kind of operating out of some, I mean, as we saw toward the end and you started finding out about his background, it seems like he's, I just don't think the family really studied, per se, their religion and knew what their religion said separately from their culture. Um, like if you take four Catholic families, one from Ireland, one from Mexico, one from France, one from Germany, you know, whatever, you're, they're all going to believe in the, the essence of the same religion, but it's going to look real different for each family because of the cultural influences. And... Um, I, I, I found, I, I, okay, I found, first of all, just the, the story itself, okay, uh, it was a troubling story. There was a lot of sadness in here, and a lot of, you know, you see this. As many people said um, that when you adhere to a super strict, no bending, this is what our religion says, or this is what we think our religion says, you know, it, you can get into a lot of trouble, as his family did. Um, but in terms of, like, just in terms of the, the mechanics of the book, I liked it, but I found that, that, that I, I wish the transitions had been a little bit clearer because I found it very confusing at times. Sometimes there was just no no warning that we were going to be thrust back into a memory that somebody was having 20 years ago or whatever. You know, it, it, it seemed like there could have been a little bit smoother there, but I liked the ending and where the, the father seems to be coming to some of the, his own understanding of what he did wrong. Um, but uh, I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was kind of troubling. <laughs> I agree with Liz, though. I think that I think the end bit with the father did tie it all together. You know, I, I think that that did bring the whole book together at the end. I, I you know what, Liz? I, I just wanted to tell you that I actually thought I love this book. I, I really, I, I thought it was. I was very impressed that she's as young as she was. She started this book when she was in high school, mm-hmm. and she finished it when she was twenty six years old. And I thought for someone. 
of that age to be able to, you know, inhabit the mind of, of a character like Rafiq and make it so believable. I, I, I loved it. And I, for me, the best part of the book was his story. You know, it was, I know there was a lot of digressions and there was a lot of, you know, all kinds of stuff, but getting to his part of the book, that was, I was enthralled the whole way through it. It was, I just thought it was so wonderful to hear his point of view. And I, and I liked most of the characters. I I really liked Hadia and, and Layla and I, I, I pretty much liked almost all of them and I loved the little cultural elements and I was hoping you know, that maybe if you could talk a little bit about, like, they walked underneath the Quran back and forth before they would go on a journey. And I'm assuming that you're not Indian Muslim, so I don't know necessarily as familiar, but even the stuff about the, you know, the different kind of foods and stuff that they had, but I, I found that so interesting. And the question that I wanted to ask you as well was, the relationship between Amar and Amira, which was a secret relationship, oh, yeah. how how um, how common is that in the Muslim community? Are there a lot of secret relationships? Well, okay, I, I think I think that there probably are, and I think that um, one of the things that this book kind of makes pretty clear is how difficult it is for families who emigrate here from other cultures. This there would have been checks and balances in place in their culture because, um, but you know, secret like people are people and teenagers are certainly teenagers, and yes, it happens in our community. It's it's, uh, um, I mean that's just a human thing. Um, we have all the you know in in the Muslim world, <laughs> we have all the same human reactions and struggles as as you know devout Christian families might have. Or, uh, you know, a- anybody who um, really would want their children to behave in a certain way, there's always that rebellious streak in children, no matter uh, where they're coming from. And some of the customs I actually did, uh, you know, like the walking under the Quran, I think it's a nice custom. However, I've never heard of it before. So that must be something that is straight, you know, from the Indian um, subculture, uh, sub subcontinent culture. Because um, I've never heard of that before, um, but I thought it was nice. Um, the wedding, certainly, when we were, you know, when they were describing the wedding and the extravagance of the wedding. Yeah, I've been to Indian weddings before, and they are that extravagant. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it, it was kind of like, I've, I've been there before. I know these people. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, for, for me, I, I, I the, the, I, I told Marsha earlier, I don't know that she came in yet. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, good. Yeah. And that's why I said to Marsha, because, you know, the whole, the whole thing, I think, um, was was told, the stories were told from multiple perspectives, but the one that really pulled it together for me and that really caused me to say I love this book was the third part where Rafiq was talking from his perspective. Um I didn't, well, so far I'm going to, this is Marsha, I'm going to read part three, I think, and then decide what I'm going to do. But I did, I did not finish the book. I, I found it, uh, as Michelle, I, I, I wrote you indicating that I really did not, I was just having a very hard time with this book. I found it very. You're, you're not the only book. one here, Marsha, just yeah. so you know, you're not the only one who yeah. didn't finish it. <laughs> right. I right. Oh, okay. But uh, Liz said, oh. 
read part three, and I will I will do that at some point. Part three was the best part, definitely. Yeah. Might stand alone, too. <laughs> yeah, part three was – I mean, I, I think it's interesting to get this perspective, which is, you know, a lot of times people don't. <laughs> We, we read another book here a couple of years ago called American Dervish by Ayat, Ayat Akhtar, Akbar. Oh, and that was good. also a similar story where he grew up in, I think, Wisconsin. and in a, Pakistani, in a, I think. Yeah, but he was American. And, right. uh-huh. and he grew up and he grew up here. And, you know, it's very it's interesting to get that that perspective, because sometimes, you know, we don't we don't necessarily have that. And I loved all the cultural elements. Um, how, how would you guys describe the marriage between Rafiq and, and Layla? Did you think it was a, a good marriage or, or how would you describe it? It seemed to be, it seemed to be good. Okay. Yeah, I would say it was good. It may not have been what a romantic, but it's it, they worked well together. They raised they raised kids. They they ha- seemed to have respect for each other. Um, and I'm trying to remember because I read it. A, I, I read this book a couple weeks ago. The way they she talked about their meeting and that they only saw each other twice before the wedding. That's more cultural than religion. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's more of a leading toward the extreme conservatism um, because one of the things that's real clear in Islam is you are never forced to marry any for the religion's sake. When the religion says um, you, there are no compulsive marriages. Now families go above and beyond that and there's, people get married for a lot of different reasons but our religion does not dictate that you marry somebody just because your parents have set it up. And sometimes I think that 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 was the impression that I got that they only got married because their parents it, it was arranged by their family and they weren't you know they didn't feel like they had any choices in it and that's not the way most people do it. <laughs> yeah, I think the arranged marriage of I think my um, not my grandparents, my great grandparents actually got married where they met each other in the morning and they got married in the afternoon, like that that kind of a way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I think I think those those days I think are are over. But um, I, I think you're right. I think there there has to be some you know some assent from the the two parties. You're not going to be forced into right. it. Right. Do you do you guys think that the way that Hadia developed as a character do you think that her story is what i would call an american muslim story is it very typical that you would come here your parents would come here from another country but you would become really very american and you would have that independence oh yeah absolutely absolutely that is the american muslim story that is that is the challenge for a lot of parents who come here as first generation immigrants um, and that's true of Muslims or Hindu or anybody, you know, that you come here first generation. Your kids want to be here. They want it. This is their home. This is what they know. And and so, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of problems Definitely. with the Hmong groups in the valley. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what what do you think would have made this story more – I think many people in the group had – um, you know some concerns about the story. What would have made this a more uh, enjoyable read for you? Do you think? I, for me, I think it, it. You know, with all the regressions and so on, and 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 not a whole lot of explanation regarding 
you know, this is this is what happened when whatever. I don't need to have it all completely spelled out. Well, we're going back in time now. But it also seemed it didn't need to be sixteen over sixteen hours long. No, I thought there was too too much thinking in it, as you yeah. say, written down thoughts. Because I mean, when you think about the actual story, if someone was to say to you what was the story about, there, there wasn't actually much of a story. So there was an awful lot of thinking, which which was the nature of the book. But I think it could have been a bit shorter. But I did. I was glad that they didn't bring Amir back. Um, at the end as some sort of our big forgiveness thing which wouldn't have been quite realistic I'm glad it finished um, you know without him coming back and them all making up and I was thinking oh, I hope they're not going to bring him back at the dad's bedside and have a big um, reunion and you know it was I thought it was well done the way she left it like that's more realistic I think you know Shell I totally agree with you that's exactly how I felt too <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was well done. She had the she had the guts to not do that, you know. It was good. But that just doesn't happen all the time. You don't get that happily ever after. No. Nope. Not finished the book. I was sort of hoping that he would come back, but um, I guess he's not going to. But, I mean, I, I just found it sort of heart-wrenching when him and Hadia parted, and she was thinking, mm-hmm. will I ever see my brother again? And, yeah. I felt quite sorry for the older sister because she was... <coughs> the middle sister had a, had a lot going for her with the different parents and the son, but the the elder sister, no one seemed that bothered about what she did at all. You mean Had Hadia or Huda? Oh, Hadia, uh, is it Hadia the older one? Yeah, Hadia is the one who became the doctor. Yeah, she's the doctor. Right. No, the yeah. other one. Sorry, the other oh, one. Then. Huda. Yeah. Huda. No we, we didn't hear her. We didn't hear that much about her. We, her perspective, I think, was the, the part that was missing a lot in the story. So we, we didn't really. I mean, we found out that she turned out to be a teacher, and I don't think she was married at the end. But we didn't know that much about her. You know, uh, well, well, I, I was going to say, if if the story had had a, if the book had had a plot, I might have kept. Re- I might have read past the seven hour. <laughs> And change point, but I mean, I mean, they made a reference to the estrangement at the beginning, and then it jumped around in time, back and forth, back and forth, you know, consistently. But, but, but I, I I was reading all these different things that had happened in the family, but there didn't seem to be a plot line driving the book, and I just, uh, I thought, I, you know, know, there's no story here. I just, uh, it it was character driven, yeah, yeah. I I guess I'm the kind of I've. When I read a book, I like to to know what's you know. I, I need some action. I need I need mm-hmm. you know some to. I need things to move. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it doesn't have to be real exciting and stuff, but it, right. it's, it's got to be like it's going somewhere. And I just never really got that out of this book. Well, yeah. I, I think I think the story here was the story of people coming from another country and creating a life here. And how that impacts on on the family, because from one generation to another, which is a pretty American story, because everybody, unless you're Native American, you know, came originally from from somewhere else. So I thought that that was the story. Now, you know, one one thing that was interesting to me was I I thought religious Muslim people didn't drink alcohol at all. So it was really interesting to me that he actually became, I guess, an alcoholic and a drug addict because I would think that would be even more forbidden in, in the in Absolutely, the absolutely. And unfortunately, there's, there is a lot of drug abuse 
in, among the youth of our community. Again, I think if you put kids, it, it's it's exactly. this struggle. It's that struggle, but yeah, it's it's it is forbidden in our religion any kind of mind altering thing, but it it's there. It happens. And if you're going to rebel against your family, what a better way to do it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> do you know Do you know Muslim people that have read this book, Liz? No, I don't. Wait a minute. Okay. Um, you know, there's a the book club that I um, belong to on Facebook. It's like no book club. It's a book challenge thing. And I think a couple people have listed it. I'm going to go back and look at their reviews again or even post a question to see what they thought of it. Um, but, yeah, it it was kind of a tedious book. <laughs> but I, I think it was it told an important story. Um, I think one 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 story was growing up as a Muslim, and the other was the father's remembrance. I, I think there was two separate, right, two right. separate scenarios. Yeah, that that part of the story really was it was very moving to hear his story because he had been portrayed as almost like a villain, you know, uh-huh. you just thought, hard. and then you heard his story and I just saw right. him so, uh, so differently. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the mother that partly did a lot of the damage when she went to the, to the girl's mother. I mean, Rafiq never forgave her for that right up until the end when he was in hospital, he said he couldn't right. forgive her for it. And, um, that was one of the things that split their marriage apart. I mean, they, they did have a good marriage at the beginning, but um, it was getting very rocky then, and I think that was the thing that really rent them apart, and the family as well. I have a question about uh, toward the beginning of the book when when the, the the mom leaves and and the kids go stay with their relative or whatever, and the father you know comes and and gets them eventually, and mom comes home. Was that did they ever come up with where where she went? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a miscarriage, didn't she? Right. She, they'd, had a lot, they'd lost a child and she was in the hospital. So they were shipped off so that they, because they didn't tell them about it, so they were sort of shipped off so she could get over it for a bit. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. well, thanks for clearing me, clearing that up. That, that was one of the, you know, as far as I got, that was one of the best parts of, of the book. There was something going on that, you know. Right. Well, I guess. I guess. Does anybody have any final thoughts about the book? I can, then I can. I'll tell you about our, our book for December. I was just going to say it was interesting the, the little bit at the end as well about um, Emir ringing up the silent phone calls to the um, to his, well, yeah. his nephew, and that was that was quite sad as well. Keeping in touch like that, and that, I thought that was quite oh, touching. Yeah. The message that Rafiq gave him. To remember to tell him at the end, you know that was. I like that. Uh, well, my favorite part of the book was when he uh, made the deal with his dad to get those tennis shoes uh, because, because I mean, he had a little bit of a storyline then, and uh, of course they they jumped around in time because they set it all up, and, and he was he was making the deal, and then I think it jumped to another time period, and then he found out later that he actually got the shoes, I think, but. Uh, 
but you know, like I said, there there weren't a whole lot of those kind of things in the book, though. It didn't seem like. But and, I like that he part. Was studying too, he was really. It, Hadia was yeah, helping. Yeah, him, yeah. And he was yeah. really studying. <laughs> he but, was putting. He, he was making an effort, right? he, even even yeah. though he wrote he wrote the, the one word he was having a problem with on the bottom of his shoe. And, and, and that's why his dad explains that that's why he got the shoes. It's not. Be, I mean, he wasn't going to take them away because he cheated. He, he got them because of the effort that he put in. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm sorry. Well, it, it is. It is. Yeah. Sorry. We keeping you up. <laughs> well, Don, was that was that your comment on the book and in general or what? <laughs> Getting close to my bedtime, I'm afraid. Thought you were going to say, Alan, that the best part of the book was when I put it down. No. I wasn't going to be that, quite that brutal. I, I, I think I've already slammed it uh, bad enough anyway. <laughs> Just say that I didn't see as much character development, even though it was character driven. I didn't see as much character development in this book as other books. And I'm, I'm, you know, I've taught English, and you know, I taught, I teach foreign languages, but I've had to teach English from time to time. And it would be a very difficult book to to teach, you know, because you would have a hard time plotting it out and saying, okay, you know, this is a dynamic character, this is a static character. I mean, it just didn't didn't gel that well, way. Did anybody there see the movie? There were, there were characters. There were characters. But yeah. I mean, it wasn't just- no, but I mean, some of the characters, I thought Hadia changed a lot. She really, she, oh, yeah. grew in, she grew into her own and she became her own person. And she was, you know, that's a hard situation when you have the pull. Of, this is a culture from what it seems like that really, the, you know, that you have a, a lot of obligations to your family, to your parents, to a certain way of life, to your community. And she basically, you know, wanted to, to live, you know, somewhat differently. So she developed and Amar certainly went downhill. And we saw, you know, difference in Rafiq. So I, I think there was some, there were some changes, but I think it's, it is, you could describe it as a quiet book. It's not a book that has a lot of, um, you know, there were dramatic things that happened, but it's 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 a long road to get there. Well, tell anyway, me this. If, if I have a question. If okay, yeah. if you keep in mind, I'm halfway through. Um, in your experience, those of you that have made the whole journey with and then finished the book, will my attitude change when I finish the book about um, what I just said about you know the plot and the characters? Do you think? I think so. I do. I think. I think when you read the father's perspective, I think you'll really I see agree. it differently. And I, you know, I want to say that it may not be so much character-driven as it is. It's the movie Vantage Point. They kept going over the same scenes, but from everybody's perspective. And so, I think the point of the book is that, or you know, one of the main thrusts of the book is that there's just not one side to every story. Everybody who's involved with it has their own perspective, and and um, and I, I guess that's what I think she was trying to do is to tell everybody's story about the same events. I found it a little bit hard going, but I'm glad I finished it. It was. It was a tricky. I know. I do uh, think it was the effort to, to finish it. I really do. I heard somebody's echo going off. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. That's in the kitchen. No. <laughs> Don't let your cake burn. Don't let your cake burn. No, my husband's taking care of it. Okay. <laughs> Good deal. 
Well, since since we have a minute, I, I just wanted to ask you all a, a question, just a general question about Zoom for a second. Um, so after the last meeting, we, we had a lot of people at the last meeting. There were, there were 14 people. And I heard from a couple of people afterwards. And some people told me that they had difficulty with all the crosstalk and all of the um, distinguishing voices. How, how, do you, any of you feel that way, that it's been difficult on the Zoom platform at all, like understanding what people are saying? Is there too much crosstalk, do you think? Now, my, my problem is, <laughs> my, my, um, you know, I don't know when it says when somebody comes in, if it's my machine or somebody else's, and I keep trying to do the control key to shut it off because I think that's going to be really distracting. You know, I never know when it's my computer talking or something else. I think the group is small enough. You you, you don't have a lot of crosstalk, but I think there's a I, – I don't know the number, but there's a magic number threshold, and once you get over that, you start having um, issues about who talks when and why and how and whatever. I agree. We don't normally have 14 people in, do we? I think that was just because it was new and people wanted to see what it was like, but – I think we get along, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's gone re- very well th- this evening. Yeah, it, it's a function of which 14 people are there and whether they are polite or not. I mean, come right. on. I mean, it, you know, some people were just talking out of turn, but, you know, typically people know not to talk when somebody else is talking. And if you have people that aren't following that general politeness, then it's going to be chaotic. But, uh, uh, you know, so... You know, the, 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 there was a little bit of that last time, but, you know, you know we're, I think we're all adults here. So, uh, you know, generally, I think most of these meetings have gone very well on the Zoom platform. And I like it. But it's just like any it's just like anything else. When you have a conference call or a telephone call, it's the same thing. When everybody's live, you have to take turns and, and try not to talk over each other. So, yeah. To me, it actually feels... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> to me, it feels like more of a natural book club. I mean, because this is what it's like if you're attending a book club in right. you know, in real time with you know in, right. in person. Um, it's it is a learning curve. I mean, certainly talking community is kind of enforced the politeness with one person on the mic at the time. But I don't know. I think this is good, and certainly the quality of the sound. And I haven't gotten thrown out of the meetings like I was getting thrown out of the room in the community oh, so yeah. I, I like it I like it too do you do you got the other question that I had was if if there's a meet if there's a group and I've been to a lot of book groups in the last couple of years some in person some on the phone and whatever if there's somebody in the group that is talking a lot do you feel that it's okay to to ask them or to make sort of a general announcement that maybe if you've made a few comments, maybe you could be mindful and take a break and let others speak. Are you, do you all feel that that's okay to say to somebody or what is your thought about that? If somebody starts dominating too much. I think think it's appropriate. And, and, you know, just to say, well, you know, we've heard from a lot of people. There are some people who haven't talked much. Can we hear from them? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if somebody if, if somebody is talking more than their share of the turn and, and they haven't figured that out yet, I think it's perfectly acceptable for the moderator to call them on it and, you know, do it politely, but say, well, 
Jane Doe, we, 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 we've heard from you 90% of the meeting now. Let's let, her, let's let some other folks talk. I like so, that. I mean, Robert yeah. Costa does it sometimes. Let's say we haven't heard from so-and-so. Let's back off and let him or her speak. I like, that. I like that without calling the other person down. I like the other approach. We haven't yeah. heard from so-and-so's. Right, right, yeah. But yeah. if the other people don't stop talking, then Alan's idea, call them down by name. But try right, the other right. Yeah, yeah. Be, be polite first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or mute them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's true. Well, I think like I the think, way you call on people too. You know that really, especially at the beginning, going around very like, much. And, yeah. um, well, I, I I need like the peace and quiet when I'm first talking. I I just have a hard time getting my thoughts together. So I just thought it was a good way to to do that. But um. Yeah. You know, I, the, the the things that I think some of the issues that are arising is if if people have difficulty with their hearing sometimes mm. I think I think in, it in my my mom actually is is deaf in one ear so I've had a lot of experience dealing with situations that are crowded where she has problems hearing mm-hmm. so I, I think I'm a little more attuned to that maybe than, you know, cause my hearing fortunately is fine and I didn't have any problems distinguishing voices, but I think if somebody has issues with their hearing, they might have some issues, I think with this, with this format a little bit. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to just tell you the next book that we're reading. Um, uh, Sherry picked this book. I, I don't know anything about it. So I just have the, inf- the general information. It's called An American Tune. And the author is Barbara Shoup, S-H-O-U-P. And it's, it's from one of the local talking book libraries. It's from the Indiana Library. So the number is a little different. It's DBC12181. And um, it's, so it's from the Indiana Library. So it has a DBC number instead of a DB number. And it's 12181. And um, it, the book is four, 14 hours in length. But I will tell you that the book that I picked for January is only six hours. So you have a short book coming up. So, you know, we aren't mindful. We try to pick books that are not as long because we know many people here go to multiple groups. So we we try very hard. And, um, Alan, do you want to mention the book for your group coming up? We're doing Skinny Dip by Carl Hyson. So. Uh, if, if, if people say we, this may have been discussed before, and I apologize, but has I wasn't at the meeting if we discussed it. So, uh, uh, I, I love Carl Heiss. Oh, me too. Uh, he he hits a lot of environment funny kind of way because he's you know he, I think he worked down in Miami for forever, but uh, I, I like his stuff. So, uh, if you like humor related kind of books with the uh, with a lot of uh, wacky kind of stuff happening, uh, uh, give it a go. I mean, I, uh, the the book opens: uh, a, a woman gets thrown off of a cruise ship by her husband, who's afraid that uh, she's going to rat him out. He's doing something illegal with uh, uh, with some kind of lab test or something. I think, but uh, he throws her off the boat. He throws her off the boat. Funny. Well, oh, yeah, it is funny. I, yeah, but, but, I, read, but, but, I read the book years ago, and it, it yeah, and I'm but, gonna, but I'm going to read it again. It is funny. Yeah, it, she lives. Oh yeah, she lives, and uh, I think the character that 
ends up rescuing her and, and probably maybe becoming her romantic interest and stuff is is a character from another Carl Heisen book. But this was the first one of his that I ever read, and I really liked it. And I thought, okay, it'll it'll be a good one. It's light, and it's uh, uh, I, it, it'll be a fun it'll be a fun one to discuss. When is when is your your meeting again? Or are you going to send out a reminder? I hope I'll send I'll send out a reminder. It's the third Tuesday of the month, and I can't remember what the date is, but it's the third Tuesday. I know it was a Tuesday, but I couldn't remember which. Tuesday. It's the thir- it's the third one, and we meet at nine. We still meet at nine p.m. Eastern. So, because I'm an I'm an hour behind. I'm in Central Time Zone, so it's just easier for me. That's the twentieth. Twentieth is the third Tuesday of November. Okay, thanks. And the twentieth. John, do you want to mention your yeah. book as well, John? Yes, uh, very. That's exactly yeah. Very much. This is called the big the, the big ones. Uh, uh, how disaster shaped. Uh, well, that's good enough. It's by Lucille um, Jones, and she's an expert on uh, earthquakes. And uh, it's going to be on uh, election. Unfortunately, election night. I almost changed the date. I may wish I had, but it's uh, it's five o- it's five o'clock our time. But the polls are still open till eight here in California and on the West Coast. So you're not missing much of the election if you tune into our program. It's a very good book. It is I, I read good, it yeah. as well. It's an excellent book. It really is. And then the author narrates it too, so that's good. The author narrates it. Um, and she gives some very gripping accounts of uh, various uh, disasters around the world, um, from uh, Iceland to Portugal, and things you never heard about, as well as the Mississippi Valley and the uh, California. So and back to Pompeii, you know, being being erupted on. So yeah, it's a. It's, 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 it's good. Could you just show me the author of that one, please? Lucille Jones, is that what you said her name is? Lucy Jones, yes. Lucy Dr. Jones. Okay. Lucille Jones, J-O-N-E-S. And, and, uh, and, and Lucille is actually spelled L-U-C-I-L-E. It's not the normal way, so it's a little oh. different. I, uh, I thought that was normally. <laughs> one well, L. Usually, usually one, there's two L's. There's two yeah. L's. Oh, there, yeah. It's a Lucille M. If you really want to get to. Yes, that's right. It took me a while. I was searching by author. It took me a while to find her, actually. <laughs> so. And, uh, but uh, she is a good good writer, and uh, uh, I think you'll enjoy the book. And novel ideas, which is the third Friday of the month. Which will be two weeks from tonight, I guess, is discussed, is discussing the bad daughter, maybe? I think that's it, the bad daughter. I'm not sure who the author is, but uh, that's the name of the book. Well, thank you everybody for coming. I, I, it was, it was very nice having everyone here. And um, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll see each other again in all the different book groups. So th- thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Michelle, and thank you for choosing this book, actually. Yeah, oh, thank, thank, well, thank you. I'm so glad that you came in, Liz, because I was like, please, Liz, come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to hear your opinion so badly, so thank you for Oh, coming. yeah, yeah, no, I was just struggling finding the link. <laughs> so. What's the date of the next group? Um, December 7th. December the 7th. Do you have a general sense about what the book's about? I think that the book is, I think there's definitely a lot of action in the book. Um, and Sherry told me, and I, I 
really forgot, to be honest. But I would say the best thing to do is probably just look up the annotation. And I think the annotation will just will describe it. What was it? Oh, Carl, hi. Yeah, yeah. That'll be my third reading. <laughs> All right, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Alert. Leslie has left the meeting. Happy Thanksgiving. Alert. Liz Lindsay is the host now. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Alert. Shell Routledge has left the meeting. Well, hello. I just added the book to my wish list. And it does sound like a good book. I've got to get reading, Marsha, because I've been reading too many other books. <laughs> so, uh, well, I need to get reading this one. <laughs> yeah, it's about uh, it's about a, uh, a a girl or a woman, I should say, who is going with her daughter and husband to Indiana University to uh, for her daughter's freshman orientation, I think. And somebody calls her by another name that she hadn't heard since the '60s. It's about uh, she was involved with the anti-war movement. Sounds good. Yep. And so I got to start reading Skinny Dip and The Bad Daughter and. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'll get to all of them. I. I, just I know, boy. I'm. This is a lot of books. Reading. I. I have to do a you know some reading some courses that I'm teaching and taking too. So that's sort of. Well, good. Good. Good luck, Carla. Thank you so much. And, you know, I try to do it when I'm doing my cardiac exercise. This one wasn't as much of a, a motivation for me to get on the bike as some of <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. I like books where I can identify them. I also like to open my mind. So from that standpoint, it's a good book. You know? Yep. Well, I'm going to take off, too. Thank so everybody have a good one. Happy Turkey Day. Happy oh, day. thanks. Same to you. Let's check this. It's definitely not, not a great meeting. So, I mean, we've got a lot less people, so that's always easy.